You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello and welcome to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy FPL Weekly Edition. Uh, the show for football fans who love to geek out on the official Fantasy Premier League with a balance of stats, partisan opinions and football banter. My name is Alfie. I am a Portsmouth supporter and a live comedy entertainer who has somehow stumbled into the FPL podcast world. But each week I'm joined by experienced FPL content writers from around the globe as they heroically lend me their skills and guide me through their philosophies and tactical choices for the fixtures that lay ahead. On this Game Week 13 episode, we head straight into the chat surrounding Ben Chilwell's injury, leading into the clash against Man United at Stamford Bridge. We assess Alonso and how United will fare in a post-Oli world. Can Carrick inspire? Hmm... Uh, Man City, the other side of Manchester, look all business. But how good is Cancelo and will his numbers continue, making him the only City player to really bank on? Uh, we also have a chat about Emil Smith-Rowe and Conor Gallagher, who is the preferred choice long-term if you could only choose one. We even have a little bit of time to talk about Spurs, but don't let that put you off. Ha! Uh, these questions are much, much more in our chatty football pie. Enjoy. Welcome to the FPL Weekly. My name is Alfie, and of course, uh, I always have guests speaking to me. Well, hopefully, that's the plan anyway. Ola from Colombia a football writer, Spurs fan, and a man who scored the top score in the Alf Pods League of Death this week with a whopping 86 points. It's Will, a.k.a. Top Marks. Hi, Will. Hi, Alfie. Are you all right? You're back. You're back, right? You're back. This is it. Oh, I don't know. One lucky week. One. What's, it, what's the name? One swallow does not a summer make. That's yeah. I, I've got... I, yeah. It's... Look, I've been playing a risky... I'm playing a go-for-it style this year. Like, if I think a player's good i try and get them in i think i've been unlucky a few times like calvert lewin getting injured yeah lukaku not firing and then getting injured just before his good run and then i've kind of been doing the same with the fullback so i kind of went with the what is now or what was the template as i'm sure we'll talk about but went with chilwell uh james alexander arnold and Cancelo. as they kind of i think they're just incredible value must have defenders and it paid off for me last week. That's basically where my points came from. Yeah. And, I was and, having all four of them. And Ivan Tony as well, you had in your team. Yeah, I mean, finally a goal. But, uh, <laughs> just about as well, wasn't it? Just about. Yeah. Never mind. All no, right. it's, it's, so it was a good week. It 86 good week. points. And you'd be pleased to know now that you've now surpassed me in the league. Miracles do happen. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'm coming back. And Matt is sinking, actually. So, oh, yeah. Sorry. Hi, Matt. Well, let's introduce Matt. Calling from Dublin. <laughs> A man who dared not captain Salah this week and rightfully got punished for it. It's seasoned FBR ledge, Matt Kenny. Hi, Matt. I mean, did you yeah. not listen to this podcast? You were on it. I, I yeah, I, not well, I, you know, I, I want to back myself. Um, <laughs> I brought in Son. I thought he'd do well. And uh, yeah, I didn't go to plan. So lesson, lesson learned again this season with, with regards to Salah. He does. He likes to punish people, doesn't he? He don't vote for him. Yeah, that's for sure. Anyway, okay. And no Yordi this week. Um, is he training or something? Or he's got a fitness? He's doing something athletic, isn't he? Quite the opposite to something us. Something like that. <laughs> Physio or something. Yeah. 
let's have a game week roundup before we crack on with game week 13. Game week roundup. Chelsea kicked off the weekend by showing Leicester what's what, winning with a crisp 3-0 scoreline at the Walkers. Mmm, nothing tastes better than a defender double-digit haul. Stevie G can thank Ollie Watkins for getting the Scouts legend off to a winning start as New Villa boss, leaving it late to win 2-0 against Brighton. Also enjoying a fresh start was newly appointed Norwich boss Dean Smith, who avenged his demons, defeating the Southampton side, which only weeks ago earned him the sack. Other new boss, Eddie Howe, due to the vid, thankfully couldn't witness his size poor defending, which allowed Brentford some gold pirates in James's Park. Although the goal pie was shared in this 3-3 draw. Even Ivan Tony got a goal. Ooh, hey! Ben Tacky two goals, but Palace only Tacky one point as Burnley secure a draw in a 3-3 thriller at Turf Moor. Wolves quietly go about their business, securing a solid 1-0 win against a slightly tired-looking West Ham. Liverpool stay true to recent history as they spank Arsenal, Fulner at Anfield. Unfortunately for Gunners fans, that's just how it is these days. Whereas at the Etihad, their silver produces more gold as Man City are very much all business dispatching a still weaker Everton 3-0 and finally, the final nail was pummeled into the much overdue coffin for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as Watford battered Man United 4-1 to death. Days later, it was over for Ollie and the Man United media mafia that dominate our screens sighed a sigh of relief, knowing that they can get back to telling the truth rather than pretend that their mate is good at his job. Game Week Roundup. All the talk leading up to game week 13 is so far centred around Chelsea's fullback slash number nine Ben Chilwell, whose form has prompted many fantasy managers to get on board full time or risk missing that Chelsea gravy train. In fact, many fantasy managers pulled the pin early doors to avoid a rather predictable price rise and stay ahead of the curve. However, that curve has swerved as Chile suffered a knee injury during Chelsea's Champions League demolition of Juventus Tuesday evening. No confirmation as of yet to the extent of the injury, but certainly a cat amongst the pigeons as Tuchel's boys line up to tear recently exorcised Man United a new one. The Red Devils go into the game on Sunday at Stamford Bridge without both Harry Maguire and of course fallen hero Ole Gunnar Solskjaer shouting nothing from the touchlines. So maybe not all bad for United fans. Instead it'll be Michael Carrick in the technical area who's hoping his new look of a jumper and tie will do what his coaching and tactics have failed to do previously and inspire the team to Premier League victory. So, Chelsea versus Man United, Ben Chilwell. Will, you are a Ben Chilwell owner. What is the news? Because I was I was on him this week. I was going to take a hit from him, but I waited it out and thank God. Yeah, very wise. Uh, I mean, Matt Law was just writing that it looks like it's um, an ACL injury. So that could be the end of his season, as in it could be that bad. Wow. It, it was Comments from Tuchel after the game yesterday were sort of saying, oh, we might get away with it. So we don't know. And it's, you know, people are like, oh, well, he walked off. Well, Virgil van Dijk walked off when he was injured. So, yeah. and, and did his ACL. So it's not, doesn't, it's, it looks like it's bad at the moment. I'm, a, I'm fearing the worst, if I'm honest. And if it's not the worst, that's, that's great. But, um, yeah, not looking great. So I think the answer, so that having wanted to save a transfer this week, it looks like I might end up having to use one on Chilwell and Alonso would appear the ultimate and obvious replacement. Now, that, it does obviously, it does seem like the obvious choice. However, there's not a chance that he'll play Aspiluqueta on the left. Yeah, so that happened yesterday. But if you look, um, that's because Aspiluqueta was already going to come on for... Reese James right. and then the injury happened and 
Chilch was like, oh, we'll just play on the other side. Because Aspilicueta during his Chelsea career has played on both yeah. flanks. He started off on um, the left, didn't he? When he first went to yeah, Chelsea, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, I imagine during a congested fixture period, you will get both Alonso and Aspilicueta playing on the left. But if you look at previous matches, when Chilwell hasn't played, it's always been Alonso. It's never been anyone else. It's been those two on that as in that left uh, wing-back role. And I can't see that changing or being any different just for the profile of players that they are and there were also comments from Tuchel afterwards apologizing to Alonso because I think some of the um coaching staff told Alonso to go and warm up right. when Chilwell was injured and then Tuchel put Aspeliqueta on anyway uh, and so he was like I'm sorry Marcos we didn't mean to you know I hope I didn't upset you with that but um <laughs> yeah it, 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 all the sounds are that it's Alonso that will be the the replacement for Chilwell and of course he's, which is what we expect. Yeah, and he's priced at what five point six million at the moment. Yeah, his price has dropped fairly, quite considerably. Yeah, after this steady start to the season, Matt. You, yeah. I mean, uh, Matt, you you don't you don't have Chilwell. I mean, do you? You don't have any of those fancy players in your team. You you don't want to don't want you don't want any of those fancy players in your team. Apparently, <laughs> no. No, if they score a point, I don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But were you planning to circle on him to bring him in? Um, no, I was. I had reached James, so I wasn't really too keen on the double up. Um, I was more looking to to maybe get Cancelo in, but I do like Marcus Alonso at five point six million, so it's a, it's an option. Um, you know, earlier in the season, I think there was a podcast I was talking about Marcus Alonso and how good he looked, and you know how how much of a decent FPL asset he was looking at the time, and unfortunately, it was just leading up to the time that Chilwell was getting into the team, so. Um, you know, that, that's still in the back of my mind of how, how decent uh, Alonso was down in the side. So I, I may abandon the Cancelo pans and maybe double up with Alonso. I'll, it's just it's another option. It's food for thought, certainly. I think someone was uh, mentioning to me that Alonso seems to be price locked at the minute. So I don't think his price will change until Saturday. I don't know how true that is or, or the reason for it. So, yeah, that, that might be just something worth keeping in mind if, you know, anybody thinking of uh, getting priced out of a move or something. It's pretty exciting. It's definite shame about you. I mean, his form was looking quite phenomenal, wasn't it? And I think, Will, you always pointed out the fact that he was popping up in those sort of like support striker positions, maybe even spearheading yeah. attack. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, even when he wasn't receiving the ball, he was making, un- what we, I think you call them underlapping runs, don't you? Where you go, instead of going outside, you go inside, you cut inside into the box. And even when he wasn't getting the ball, he was making those runs. He always seemed to be there. Um, and his comments after matches always, you know, about getting goals. And yeah, he just seemed an absolute dream of a player. It's 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 that kind of, you know, yeah, you want clean sheets from your defenders because they tend not to get as many goal scoring opportunities just by the nature of playing in defence. Mm. So the fact that he was getting both clean sheets and then getting a huge amount of goal scoring opportunities is just a dream. I mean, it just makes him it does make him a no brainer. For me, at any rate, that's you know that's the kind of the things that I look for in a defender: creativity, clean sheets, and, and attacking threat. And he had the lot. Yeah, so he's perfect. So Alonso is exactly the same, though. I mean, they're not, it's not like Alonso wasn't getting into the box the same amount as Chilwell. It's just that Chilwell came in, he gained confidence, and was in a really good period of form. And Alonso was in a really good period of form in, in the beginning of the season. So hopefully, he can come back in and recapture that. It's unfortunate. It's, it's really, I mean, and on a sort of a player level, it's really unfortunate that yeah. he, he got injured because Chelsea were winning, playing really well yesterday. They were winning the game. Um, he was part of the reason they were doing so well is was their intensity. And I think 
um, Alan Shearer talks about it a bit after on match of the day when he's talking about, you know, playing Angolo Kante, you know, we think, okay, you have the defensive midfielder because you want the defensive midfield midfielders sit deep and stop players attacking players when they come through. But Chelsea do it differently. They actually have Jorginho as the deep line midfielder and then Kante further forward to win the ball back higher up the pitch. And that's another consequence of what happens when you put your wing back so high up. When you've got James and Chilwell pushing so up, defenders, natural defenders, and you've got Kante so high up. And you, you try and win the ball back immediately. And because they've got players who are suited to that, defensive-minded players trying to win the ball back really high up the pitch. It creates great turnover situations. And the press and the intensity they showed yesterday against Juventus was was great, it was, was fantastic. Does The only downside I would say with Alonso is the reason he's probably not in the side as much is he's that aspect of the game he's maybe not as good at. He's maybe not quite as good as being on the front foot pressurising and, and win the ball high up the pitch, but, you know, the Chilwell, James and Kante can do. So that, but that, so that might hinder Chelsea overall, but from an attacking point of view, Alonso is fantastic. Well, they've got a good squad, haven't they, anyway? They... Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, uh, Man United this game week. Ha, 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 ha. So, ding, dong, the witch is dead and all that. And uh, I don't know about you guys, I can't stand this rhetoric coming out of United like... Farewell, Ollie, our hero and all this. <laughs> Guys got in, done nothing, spent 400 million and they're no better off than they were before. But anyway, so Man United this week. Um... You know, Ollie's donating his 7.5 million compensation to charity. Oh, so what? He's rich already, who cares? Oh, he's such a great guy. <laughs> such a great guy. Who isn't a great guy? Anyway, I've lost my train of thought. So Man United. Sorry, Alfie. Yeah, it's all right. Hang on. It just, he just honestly, it just, I hate Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer so much. And I just, if anything, they love him, don't they? They love him. But get rid of him means that other cl- other people, neutral fans, will probably like Man United more, I think. <laughs> Such a yeah. prick. And did you see what is, oh, I've got some quotes, some fantastic quotes where he said, you know, I don't want to say anything, but when I left Mulder, they won the league after I left. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, because you left. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like what does that oh I don't want to blow my own trumpet because I'm but I'm so shit that when I leave clubs do better weird <laughs> yeah and he did he did say the squad he you know he was leaving a better squad than he inherited yeah, yeah. 400 he million fuck loads of money on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely a better squad than, it, than the one you got for sure it's crazy isn't it but anyway he has gone um, but the strange decision by United is to keep Carrick in charge and you feel that I mean Ollie position himself as like the sort of Sir Alex Ferguson, I just bark and shout and my coaches do all the work and trying to go. So I don't really see the point in keeping Carrick on board. I don't see how he's going to change things. So Matt, are we seeing the same things from United going to this Chelsea game? I mean, they're going to get a beating, no? Um, I, I think so. I, I wouldn't like to back against this Chelsea side at the moment because I mean, even what we saw in the Champions League, you know, scored, you know, winning 4-0 against a very good Juventus side. Um, I think it was their biggest Champions League defeat in their past. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the history of the Champions League. Um, there was definitely something said along those lines. But yeah, I wouldn't be backing against Chelsea this week. Um, I know Man United won the Champions League game, but you know they were really, really poor in that first half. Um, they came out in the second half. Obviously, Ronaldo again. It's a common team this season. Uh, and then Sancho got his first goal late on. So... 
Um, yeah, I've I've kind of noticed with United a, a lot of times this season that they're you know very very either they score a lot of goals in the in the second half or late in the first half. Their first kind of 30, 40 minutes of the game is very slow, very kind of patient. Um, you know, not much happening. If Chelsea take an early goal, I, I think that could be the worst thing because we'd like to see Tuchel kind of, once they go up, try and, you know, not necessarily sit back, but just kind of dominate the game and kind of snuff out the possession and things like that. So, yeah, I, I'm not expecting a lot from United. If if anything's going to happen, I think it comes in the form of, of Ronaldo. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in the Chelsea boat this, uh, this weekend. Will, Chelsea haven't beaten Man United in the Premier League at home. Since Alvaro Morata scored the only goal in a 1-0 victory back in November 2017. That's four years ago. Who was playing striker for United that day? Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> it was. Uh, but both home and away fixtures last season were nil-nil. So, but you're, you're back in Chelsea, Will, right? Yeah, absolutely. The form they're in. They seem to have done that thing where they weren't in great form early in the season. You can sort of remember they held on a bit against Brentford and uh, a couple of... I mean, they weren't... Their underlying numbers weren't great, and they got lucky. They relied a lot on on Mendy to get them out of a, of a few situations. They seem to have done what you know. You get a result when you're playing badly, and they and now they're not playing badly. Now they're playing well. Yeah, this is sort of championship within title form, really. And uh, yeah, you don't back against you. Uh, there's no way you back against Chelsea. The only question you have maybe is from an FPL manager point of view is who do you get? And given the rotation in the attacking positions, I think it's you, you basically it's the wing backs at the moment. Mm. But um and yeah, that's that's well, you could even argue go three def- three defenders, couldn't you? Because you could, yeah. Christensen and his price is annoyingly dropped, four point nine has been playing, but then you could maybe pick up Shalabar to pick up the odd points here and there. But yeah, I've noticed Hudson Adoy's been playing as well, four five point three million, he's been in there. You got Ruben Lustre's cheek, five point four. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of... That's the thing. Further forward, you had Ziyech and Hudson-Odoi started yesterday with Pulisic as a nine. Um, you've got Werner, who came, replaced Pulisic. So are those two kind of going to alternate positions? And, and Pulisic started the first game of the season before he was injured. And he's been looking good since he came back. So you, you would maybe think Pulisic, having come off early, gets a start on the weekend. But you've got they've got so many players. I mean, they've got Havertz and Lukaku to fit in. They kind of... Although... They're sort of rotating players based upon, mainly based upon injury. People seem to get injured and then they just bring another great attacker in. You can't seem to drop Hudson Odoi at the moment because he's playing so well. Mm. So I think picking, you could get a Chelsea attacker, but you're not guaranteed they're going to start. And then we're about to enter, just as a general point, we're about to enter the busy festive period. So how do we, um, we're going to have to manage our squads anyway. So you kind of want to get players where, because you could end up getting a bunch of players, and this could just happen anyway, where you just get one week where all your team plays, your whole squad plays, and you get the next week where they're just rotated out because yeah. that's what the manager decides to do. But that problem would seem to be bigger at Chelsea when they've got a greater volume of attacking players. Mm. So what happens when you've got a good coach, though? Suddenly the squad gets bigger, doesn't it? I suppose. So what results are we going with then? Are we going for a spanking or 1-0, one, 1-1, nil, one, one, nil, nil, nil. Who's going to get the goals? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, having seen the way Man United have capitulated in other big matches recently, you can't really see anything other than a dominating Chelsea performance. I, I mean, I'd go for 
it'd be so beautiful to watch when it <laughs> sorry yeah. united fans but as a new... no i mean it, <laughs> it, yeah and in fairness to carrick i mean he's just the interim of the interim really isn't he at the moment he's, the, he's like we're waiting for the interim manager to arrive to replace the, the, the interim interim manager um uh, so yeah I, yeah and there's probably a slight he i like the fact that the only positive i saw yesterday you know that, um from Man United's performance yesterday was Sancho doing really well. Mm. Um, and I think he's finally, hopefully he'll start to play a bit more and, and he's, he looks good, looks sharp. So hopefully that will, that's encouraging for them. But overall, yeah, 3-0 Chelsea, I would have thought would be a fairly standard scoreline. Another Reese James goal, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why not? I mean, again, he had another shot. He had a shot yesterday that was saved before he scored and he's... They, I don't know what it is that Juventus couldn't. They kept on finding he was getting space on the edge of the penalty box to get those shots in, and they didn't quite seem to get their defensive, which is weird for a Juventus side because you'd imagine they'd always yeah. be really but solidly organised. They are struggling at the moment in Serie A, I believe. Right, uh, seventh or eighth or something like that. Yeah, Matt. Very quickly before we move on, give me a score. Two 0 Is it a car you playing? Uh, Big, big question, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I actually haven't checked on his fitness. Uh, was he in with the squad last night, or was he left? Yeah, the, the I mean, the fact that he didn't get a, get any minutes yesterday would yeah. seem that he's probably what's going to happen is what happened with Werner because Werner was in the squad on the weekend, didn't get any minutes, and got some minutes last night. Mm. So I, you, yeah. there's a chance that chance that Werner starts maybe. Yeah, I don't think Lukaku does start after not getting any minutes yesterday. Especially if United yeah. try and go with that high line pressing thing that they've been trying. Yeah. 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 And it'll be interesting to see, obviously, Maguire's uh, suspended for this game. Varane is uh, still out. So, um, you know, we haven't really, it's only a small sample size, but this season, uh, I think it was the Aston Villa game, Maguire came off and they, I think he came off after about 65 minutes and United went on to keep a, a kind of a rare clean sheet. Uh, and then the following day, Maguire <laughs> missed that against Everton and it was a, a one-all. So, yeah, I, I don't know if the absence of Maguire is, if we can kind of say anything from that. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Varane is, is, is a big uh, factor in the defence. Linderoff and Bailly, though, is it? It's Yeah, it, it's looking that way. Um, so that doesn't... Uh, I, I might change my, my score from 2-0 to 6-0. Um, we'll we <laughs> yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> Man City going to this weekend on the back of two victories by winning their last two games, 2-0 and 3-0 respectively. They come up against a West Ham side whose four-game winning run was cut short by a narrow Wolves defeat. However, they do have a secret weapon, a rocket, if you will, in the shape of Mikel Antonio, who has scored in both of his last two Premier League appearances against Pets Boys. The Hammers were only narrowly beaten 2-1 in this fixture last season, so maybe some hope for David Moyes and fantasy managers not invested in that City defence. As for City, Joao Cancelo is looking like the must-have player as the defender is more playmaker than play stopper this season, having already exceeded his assist total from last season as a huge percentage of City's attacking threat goes through the man from Portugal. So, Joao Cancelo, is that a set-and-forget risk or get him now or will the joy taper off at some point? I mean, Will, I know you have him, but Matt, you, you don't have Cancelo. Are you looking to get him in? I do. I, I I want him and I want Alonso and I I can probably only have one. So because um, he's six point six, six point six compared to five point nine. I mean, if they're off in the same thing, 
Yeah, um, the thing is, I have Diaz at the minute. Obviously, who was uh, uh, not uh, he didn't start last game and and miraculously didn't come on either. So I was, um, you know, lucky enough to get Reese James's points off the bench. Um, so yeah, I was I was blessed last week with that. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm kind of wondering whether Cancelo will see a bit of rotation or if he'll be that kind of one player who will you know, get played throughout most of the Christmas period, uh, given that he can play on the left or the right. Um, you know, Pep has talked about Kyle Walker being, you know, in great form at the minute on on that right-hand side. So um, it, it, it's an interesting one. I I kind of expect West Ham to do quite well against Man City. I, I know last time out against Wolves, they struggled a little bit. Um, and, you know, Europa League coming up. Um, but I think, I haven't. I'm not 100% sure, but they're fairly safe in the Europa League, I think, so they could probably afford to, you know, rest a couple of players. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering whether I'll just double up with Alonso for Chelsea, even though they're playing Man United, because I, I do think West Ham will score. It, it's kind of similar situation to Yardy with, you know, with, with Trent. Um, it, it's going to be one of those situations where every week I'm going to say, no, I need to get Cancelo, but you know, he's going to find a way to kind of get these six six to 12 point uh, returns, which is a bit frustrating. So mm. um, I, I guess it's a case of playing the numbers or maybe seeing a differential in, in Alonso. Um, so that's something I have to kind of consider. And Will, Cancelo, is, is he going to stop getting those assists? I mean, he's already exceeded, like I said, his total last season. Is this a new Cancelo this season or are we going to see the same as what we saw last season, do you think? I think what happened last season is he had the underlying numbers, but they didn't translate into results. And what's happening this season is he's still got the underlying numbers and they're translated into results. So I think if anything, and he's not, he's, I mean, he's doing, he's, he ticks along, right? And he's not, he's not, you know, he does very well and his assists are backed up by, his attacking returns. He's not. He, he's taken a lot of shots, but I don't think he's got a goal yet. Um, but it's it's those underlying things that support it. He's part of the best defence as well. So the clean sheets are there. And what also appeals is that he appears to be the first, the most nailed one. So last year you were sort of said, oh, yeah. well, you kind of go for Cancelo for your kind of upside. You kind of he might get the odd attacking return. You might get an assist. You might get a goal but he'll probably get rotated now and again. You'll go for Diaz for security of starts. And a lot of people have been very unlucky because you kind of, that's, there was no reason to think that Diaz wasn't the solid member of that backline. but he's now been benched twice. Um, and it's interesting, Pep spoke in the past about um, wanting a left-footed centre-back on the left side of defence, um, which is why we're seeing Laporte, I think, play so much. I think, you know, he had his injury issues last season. So perhaps last season, in terms of Diaz being nailed, with Le- he established that relationship, that partnership with Stones. And I think when Laporte came back, he was never really quite got up to speed. So we never saw Laporte challenge for the first team um, last season. But he is up to speed this year, even if he is collecting a few too many yellow cards, perhaps. But so now thinking, maybe Laporte is the is the nailed on centre back because he's playing on the left side of defence and then Stones and Diaz are vying for that other slot well that suddenly throws you know that whole logic of Diaz being the 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 nailed on centre back is no longer there so that also enhances Cancelo obviously there's now less competition um, we've really got Zinchenko as the backup fullback to Kyle Walker 
um, and Cancelo. And Cancelo can, of course, play on both sides. So his versatility is there. So I think the only time we'll really see Cancelo rested is when he needs a rest rather than yeah. just a tactical rotation change. So he's got everything this year, really. He's got attacking threat. Um, he's playing in the form of his life. And we had Gundogan was talking in the press conference yesterday about how well he's doing and how he's just he's how he's adding so much to the team. So he's in good form. He's nailed, it would seem, as much as he can be in a pep team. And he's got the attacking threat. So I can't I can't think of a reason not to get him um, in the best defensive team that concede the fewest chances that should get a lot of clean sheets uh, in the Premier League. Mm, anything at 6.6. I mean, you could look at... This, we wanted to talk about some of their midfielders. Uh, Gundogan, for example, who comes in at 7.2. Uh, Bernardo Silva has been hit good form. He comes at 7.2. But obviously... Cancelo at 6.6, if you're going to choose one player from City, it has it feels like it has to be him. But um, Gund- It does, yeah. Gundogan had a very good season last season, very good goal-scoring yeah. season. His price was a bargain at 5.5. But you think there's going to be an upturn in form coming from Gundogan soon, Will? I think, I think this season, again, is different. Uh, and um, yes, so you, as you mentioned, Gundogan had that great period of form last year, which was... KDB was in the side, then he was out of the side, then he was back in the side, and Gundogan was there the whole time. The difference this year, maybe, is Bernardo Silva, because he's playing so well. The question you've got to ask, yeah, Gundogan is kind of plays a slightly different role to Silva. So Silva, his, what he's been thriving in this year, because again, sorry, I'm talking about, I'm kind of thinking out loud a little bit here, Alfie, but it's kind of fit, <laughs> winging it, it's it fit in those, because you, you've got the... Um, You've got to have Rodri in there. You've got to have a dip, or Fernandinho. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have they, that's their style. Unless they're playing in the Champions League final, where they just forget that kind of player, <laughs> yeah. they kind of, they'll throw a defensive midfielder in there. So you then got Kevin De Bruyne when he's fit. He's surely got to play. You've got Bernardo Silva, who's an excellent form, and you've got Gundogan. You know, two into three doesn't go. So or three into two actually, that's the right way around. Yeah. So you've got to drop one of them. And who do you who do you drop? Bernardo Silva's been playing very well as a deeper line midfielder, as a ball carrying deeper line midfielder. We saw some of that, you know, against Liverpool. He had that excellent dribble and run when he set up Foden for a chance. And it's that kind of that he's been doing so well. And with KDB in and out of the side and having injury problems, he's kind of Silva's kind of established himself. What does this mean for Gundogan? Because how can you who who drops out? It's really the question I'm trying to get to. Do you end up playing De Bruyne as as a kind of in a part of the front three on the right, maybe or something like that? No, he and plays he a keeps... false nine, doesn't he? You could play a false nine. Yeah, you could do that as well. So, where do you fit? Good, like, if you're going to say you want Gundogan because he is playing well, he is getting into the box, he's getting a chance, he's doing his role in the team, which is the role he did very well last year. Do you drop him and then put Bernardo Silva there? But Bernardo Silva doesn't really do the same job as uh, Gundogan. So I'm thinking out loud. The answer is, I don't really know. I think there's a lot of potential from Gundogan. And whilst De Bruyne remains kind of a rotation risk injury doubt, I think you're safe with him. When De Bruyne regains fitness, then I think Pep's got a choice to make between either where does he play De Bruyne or he's got a choice to make between Silva and Gundogan. But there's something about Gundogan... I mean, he's a top quality player, but you kind of get Pep, I think, really values him, to be honest. I, yeah, he does, yeah. I think last season, for example, as well, we saw that there was times where we thought, oh, he's going to be rotating. He just wasn't. And even yeah. when, uh, like you said, the Champions League final, he made sure Gundogan was playing. So I think over a run of fixtures, I think 
I think he's yeah. I think it's a good shout, but but the my issue is the seven point two million, and I'd much rather spend six point six on Cancelo. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. You, you yeah. get Cancelo first. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Right. I think the the question is more uh, in my mind is more Gundogan or, or Foden. And yeah, I think yeah. I was going to say, probably... isn't it nicer to have over over six fixtures? Isn't it better to own Gundogan than Foden? I don't know. Maybe at the moment <laughs> I've got Foden. And I'm, I'll stick with Foden until we get signs that Gundogan is definitely the better option. I'm not going to kind of jump on because the, there's still doubt around Gundogan, which is what I was trying mm. to basically, in, in a word, highlight with my earlier waffle. And given that Foden's playing well and has been adding a lot to the team and can play different positions as well, I think you kind of say, well, stick with Foden if you've got him. If you haven't got either, I don't know who you go for. I think we still go for Foden. <laughs> yeah, you can't. We need to see. I think Gundogan is probably we're probably like a week or two early on Gundogan. Right. We need a little bit more, basically, but the potential is there. Well, Matt's got Matt fell for the Phil Foden trap, didn't you? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew it was a trap, and I and I and yeah, I still got him out of uh, FOMO. But yeah, I, I've got Diaz and. The only way I can get Cancelo is is with a hit because I've no uh, cash in the bank to play with. So um, a downgrade of Foden to Gundogan might be that uh, access, you know, that access point to Cancelo. And what I want to know is, can we leave Cancelo this week if we don't own Cancelo? Is this a good week to leave him? This is also my concern because, um, yeah, I was thinking of bringing him in. Obviously, I'll, I'll need to take a minus four hit. But I, I kind of... I get a I get a feeling that West Ham are gonna score. You know, Man City have a big game tonight uh, against PSG. We, we'd imagine that they're gonna put a, a really strong team out there. Maybe a little bit of fatigue, whereas West Ham might be able to put out a little bit of a weaker squad with with, with the game in mind on the weekend. So, you know, we have seen West Ham put three past Liverpool. I, I do think West Ham are gonna score. Hopefully, not Antonio. But yeah, that, no. This hopefully, is Antonio. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, hopefully. Well, Antonio. yeah, depending yeah, exactly. on yeah, depending which way. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I kind of think West Ham have a better chance of scoring against City than you know you do against Chelsea. I uh, know that might be a little bit controversial, but yeah, that's why I'm kind of leaning towards Alonso because I can get him straight in for Diaz. Um, I think if it was a straight swap, I'd be happy to get Cancelo, but the fact that it's, it's going to cost hit. me minus four. It's, yeah, he's got. He's got to get the clean sheet for it to pay off, really, hasn't he? Yeah, it'll just cancel out, like you know. And if he does pick up a booking, then you're already down a point on the transfer. And as well as that, I, I think Ronaldo coming back into my team is a bigger priority for the for, for the upcoming period. So I would kind of like to keep a transfer if I can this week. Mm. Um, Do it. So yeah, I'd probably pass on Cancelo with all things considered this week. Famous mm. last words. They can sell each other out or something like that. I don't know. Some sort of pun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're all going for a Man City win, but a close encounter. I I can't see them losing again, Man City. They lost uh, three weeks ago against Palace, didn't they? And they only do that every now and then. So maybe a draw, but looking good, Man City. <laughs> Arsenal versus Newcastle I wanted to talk about very briefly. Okay, Newcastle haven't won away to Arsenal since November 2010 when Andy Carroll scored the only goal in a 1-0 victory. The number one box office film that weekend was, everyone knows, all right, okay, due date, 
a rather bog-standard film featuring Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. Newcastle actually haven't celebrated a goal at the Emirates since the 13th of December 2014, which was incidentally my birthday, and in fact probably the last time I celebrated my birthday. So if Newcastle do score this weekend, I will honour thy goal by celebrating my birthday this year. That goal was scored by Ozzy Perez in 4-1 defeat, and an extra little fact for you, Aubameyang has five goals in his last four Premier League games versus Newcastle. So now there's a differential captain choice for you. Uh, now, I wanted to talk about Arsenal. We think, we think, I imagine we all think that Arsenal will win quite comfortably. Who knows, though? Which kind of leads to my next question. And, and that is, I want to make a decision. I was thinking about bringing Emma Smith-Rowe in, not just for this fixture, but I think I could reap some awards this game week. And it's either him or Conor Gallagher of Crystal Palace. And to me, they seem to have sort of similar stats and a similar price range. Emma Smith throws 4.9 and Conor Gallagher's 6 million. Uh, Crystal Palace play Aston Villa this week. So who do you think, like, long-term, I should be picking between Emma Smith-Throw and Conor Gallagher? Where's Will go? Will just disappear? <laughs> <laughs> just the mere mention of getting an, an Arsenal player has, has sent them off. I'm out. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I'm white drop. <laughs> right, you might as well go first then, Matt. I might as well go first, yeah. Um, I I honestly think that Palace are finding their feet. You know, they're, they're looking like a bit more of a cohesive team than we saw in the first three or four weeks under Vieira, obviously, as, as he was... Uh, sifting through the squad and seeing what, what kind of what he had to work with but yeah Gallagher just seems to be you know constantly delivering he's always involved um early on and I think early on in the season you know you were asking me about it because I was watching Palace a couple of games and he was looking sharp but I wasn't convinced he was going to be a maybe a long-term pick but it certainly looks the case now that he's going to continue you know being involved in the build-up of creating chances getting on the end of chances um, you know, alongside uh, Benteke, of course, who's who's mm. in great form. Um, so yeah, I, I actually think that this game is going to be another bit of a goal fest, the, the the Crystal Palace one that is. Um, so I I don't really know what to expect from Arsenal. Um, obviously they're coming into this game on the back of a four 0 drubbing from Liverpool. Newcastle managed a three all. So so both teams are conceding a lot of goals. So I guess. I'm thinking will both teams maybe set up a little bit more defensively so not they're, so they're not leaking goals you know too early into the game. Obviously, as a Ramsdale uh, Ramsdale owner, I you know people some people on Twitter were kind of slagging him off after that Liverpool four really? 0 but I, but I thought he played well. You know he it would have been a lot more without some of the saves he made. Yeah, um, he did make he did but, one, let one through him, but you know he's young and he knew it yeah. straight away. So it's not like and people make mistakes. It wasn't a huge mistake. Yeah, and I guess the thing is, we we know with the way Arsenal play and the way they're set up, Ramsdale is always going to get saves in games. It's just you're looking for that those weeks that you know they keep a clean sheet and he maybe comes away with three or four four saves, and then you may be sneaking into the bonus points. So it's it's those kind of games, and I I think it could be one of those games against Newcastle. Obviously, Newcastle aren't having any problems scoring at the minute, um, having put three uh, three in last week. Um, I guess it's a case of just uh, how many Arsenal can score. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that game game goes. Um, from an attacking point of view, um, Aubameyang is 
I don't really know where he stands as an FPL pick. Um, you don't get him for one game week, do you? Put it that way. N- no, no, and I definitely think there's more value in the likes of Saka and uh, Emil Smith Rowe. Um, you know, nearly half his price or whatever it is now at this stage. So, but I, I, of the two options between Gallagher and Emil Smith Rowe, I'd probably be looking at Gallagher just because I think that there's going to be. Uh, I'd put more. I'd be more comfortable putting my money on a goal fest in the Palace game than I would in the Arsenal game, if that makes sense. Um, really? Yeah, Even well, though these stats are through. I mean, I threw. Remember last week when I threw those uh, Liverpool versus <laughs> Arsenal stats, and you and you still chose Son as captain. So, just saying. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, because uh, from my what I saw the weekend, Eddie Howe went in and went right, lads. Let's concede loads of goals <laughs> yeah. to make it work. So, and, and I get. I suppose the most frustrating part was for anyone who got on Callum Wilson having come away with no returns. He was very unlucky. He was very unlucky. Yeah. Uh, Mm. Will, you... Okay, go on, Will. You you look like you're ready to say something. I mean, you did disappear for a bit. The mere mention of Arsenal meant you just turned your computer off. (laughs) But you're back back after throwing some things around your room, no doubt. Emil Smith-Rowe, 5.9 million, or Conor Gallagher, 6 million. Long-term, maybe three, four-week pick. Who would you go for? Gallagher. Mm, no hesitation. The fixtures, the fixtures are there for Crystal Palace. Um, you've got a, you've got a question mark about how Eze reintegrates into the team and whether that will affect Gallagher's output. But I don't yeah. think so. I think um, it might even enhance it. So you never know. I just think he's got yeah. Crystal Palace has got good fixtures. He's he's he feels like he's doing really well. It feels like a system slightly more suited to to getting the best out of Conor Gallagher. I like Emil Smith Rowe. I think he's a good player, but I d- I wouldn't want to. I, d- I don't feel that Arsenal are. I wouldn't re- rely. I don't feel I can rely upon him as much as I could rely upon Gallagher. I mean, Gallagher is going to tick over with like an assist or a goal every one or two, three matches. I that's kind of. I feel confident in that, and I feel confident he's going to be there in the underlying stats, which is mm. and the eye test. Do you feel like there's more goals around Gallagher than there is around Emil Smith Rowe in terms of teammates? Uh, I don't know about that. I feel Gallagher's maybe more involved in terms of both assists and shots, which is kind of, he's got two ways of getting points. Maybe some people talking about Benteke at the moment is because Eduard came in, you kind of thought, oh, well, that's going to be the goal scoring player at Crystal Palace. He hasn't quite clicked despite scoring twice off the bench against Tottenham. But (laughs) but that's pretty easy, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah, it was at the time, yeah. Yeah, I'd, so Benteke's maybe coming into it, but then, you know, do we really want to li- rely upon Benteke for attacking returns? I don't know. I mean, things are... Yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure how to answer that question. In other words, <laughs> I'm glad I asked it then. Good. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm actually... If you look at their stats, I say stats. When I say stats, I mean it from the very top of it. You know, in terms of their returns, very similar. And uh, even their bonus point outage is very similar as well. So... I think it really, for me, comes down to the fixture. I just think Arsenal against Newcastle. I just think goal pie, and uh, I think Emma Smith throws at the centre point, centre, centre piece of that. No, that doesn't make sense. The centre, yeah. the arrow, you know, the middle focus. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, got there in the end. So, but you're thinking along the same lines as Matt that Crystal Palace Aston Villa is going to be a bit of a goal action, or would you think the introduction of Gerrard is? going to change things somewhat for Aston Villa? Because they do have clean sheets in that squad, don't they? They do have it in them, as as it was proven last week. Yeah, I, 
I want to see a little bit more of Aston Villa first. I, don't, I wasn't overly impressed with them last no. week. They had a good last 10 minutes. Um, and maybe, yeah, we need to see more. I think you also need to give Gerard a bit of time to see if he actually, see what he can do. So we talk Tottenham then whilst you're here, Will. They're away. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they're away to Burnley. Now, historically, these games are tight 1-0 wins for Tottenham from what I've seen in recent years. So, I'm... Uh, well, no, there'd be bigger wins than that. I mean, like Kane home? and Son of like... Not away. And away from home. Really? You sure you're not just, just being a, you're not being a Spurs that. fan? You're not just being a Spurs fan? Let me there, double check that. Last um, season was 1-0 away. And then yeah. the season before you drew 1-1 away. The season before that you lost 2-1. But the season before that in 2017, you won 3-0, but that was the last time. Yeah, I think it was just because I was looking at Kane versus um, Burnley and he always seems to do pretty well against them. And at then home, they've got yeah. no, no Tarkowski and no Westwood Ooh. either. So you're so predicting a big win then? I was, look, my plan was I was hoping to save a transfer this week and then try and get Kane in because I need kind of a double a double move to get him. Um, yeah, I mean, Kane got what hat, he got a hat trick against Burnley. That was back in 2017. So, and that was away. <laughs> uh, looking at the away matches. So, yeah, just, yeah, he's, I mean, he's always, in his last three away matches against Burnley, he's, he's got an attacker return, either an assist, a goal, or a hat trick. So, it's not, yeah. It's not beyond the, round, beyond the rounds of possibility, but after last week's debacle of, of the general consensus being you've got to have a Tottenham player in your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people people went a bit early on it. That, But that second half performance was much more encouraging. Yeah, And Kane had three shots in the box. And I think he probably was unlucky not to get a goal or get something from the game. So I think if Kane had scored, maybe we'd be, you know, there'd be a different vibe around this game now. Um, I wanted to wait. That was my original plan. I wanted to save a transfer and wait and then get Kane in for the two home fixtures and then maybe transition Kane to... Ronaldo and that was kind of what I was thinking about getting a, a premium striker back I think Kane can do well I think if Spurs put in that second half performance they'll do very well at Burnley I can see Kane doing very well and everyone suddenly go next week oh we've got to have Kane again after he does well against Burnley I think I, I genuinely think Spurs win and I think Kane's involved he's got to score soon right yeah definitely I, I one other thought I had was, okay, we're thinking like maybe Kane and then Kane goes to Ronaldo. Why not Son and then Son goes to Sancho if Sancho's going to come in? And that's a kind of another way I'm looking at it. If I don't want to... It depends how you want to restructure your, your squads. Like if you've not got a premium forward, do you want to... You kind of need two transfers to get a premium forward, which is not the end of the world. So you could take a hit to do that. But... Maybe you don't need to. Let's. I mean, it's still so much wait and see. It's still kind of like Son didn't have a great game, uh, and he was a little bit peripheral. I felt. Um, let's see if he's. Let's see how he does against Burnley. Maybe Son will do well against Burnley. Maybe it's more kind of his game. Who knows? Okay, should we talk captaincy then? <laughs> it's going to be a brief forward this week. Bri- oh really? Oh really? Is it, Matt? Is it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, I'm going to do a Bam Young. No, that's a lie. I'm obviously. Basically, I look at my team right now. Isn't it funny how so quickly your team can look so boss and then a couple of weeks later you think, this is, I need a wild card like, to get me out of this. Yeah. 
Um, but Salah seems the only choice. I mean, when do we start captaining Trent? I mean, when does that happen? They are playing Southampton. Do we see the Southampton goal? I mean, is it not worth going Trent Alexander-Arnold in the form he's in at the moment? Yeah, why not? No, just captain Salah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like the way Matt was like, yeah, do it. Ha, 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 ha. Well, he, he, he outscored Salah last week, didn't he? He did, yeah. He's in great form. He did, yeah. They keep a clean sheet. That's as good as a goal. You know, but fine then. So, Will, you're going Salah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't have to think about it. Like he's got no, his, his, no, his ownership is, is, is huge. He's getting good chances. The underlying stats are there and he's in good form. And he's kind of, you know, you could have had a, although he got a goal last week, he could have had more. And it, what's nice this year is in previous seasons, we've had the Sana and Mane don't pass to each other yeah, narrative. Yeah, yeah. And they're actually like, oh man, that was a great assist. You know, I love you, man, kind of stuff. No, year. <laughs> it's totally changed. They're like, they're kind of, they're, they've matured and they're enhancing each other as well as being in, individually in good form. So 100% Salah. Thank you for joining us today. That was a lovely chat, wasn't it? Uh, I think we covered most things. Uh, we always record more, but I can never squeeze it in. I can't justify squeezing it in because sometimes it's just waffle. Men thinking out loud. Uh, it's not like what I'm doing now, essentially. Anyway, if you want to hear more from uh, Matt and you want to hear more from Will, you can find them on Twitter. Their handle is in the episode blurb. But you know that already because you've read that. Fantastic. If you did enjoy today's show and you enjoyed previous shows, please do tell people and do the uh, subscribe thing. I don't know. Do you have to? Yes, you do have to do that. I feel bad for asking, but I shouldn't do. I'm waffling on. Uh, have a good game week 13. We'll speak to you the other side. Goodbye. Please.